You're listening to the No Farting Around Show. We're all about taking your marketing and business from the toilet to the bank. I'm your host, Ashton Mae Fernandez, and this is the only show where making a disruptive noise smells like success. Each week, I interview high-level disruptors who are making a big stink in their industry by doing things their own way while you listen in and ask a question or two. Talk show, live studio audience style. Expect all things marketing, messaging, money, and mindset, and only strategies that don't include farting and darting or treating your clients like an afterthought. So if you're ready to stop farting around and actually scale your business, let's cut to the cheese and get on with the show. Hi, everyone. I have a really awesome person on today. I have Katie Allstrom on with me today. And Katie and I actually, really funny story. We connected. I think she followed me on Facebook and, or we became friends on Facebook and I had mentioned reheated coffee and she actually took a picture of her reading coffee and sent it to me. Yeah, she's literally holding it up right now. And I have mine over here too. Um, and sent it to me and was like, that's absolutely hilarious. And, and that happens quite often. But she was the one who did that. And then I guess we lost touch for a couple of months. And then I did a training in our mutual friend Brittany's group. And when she messaged me after, we realized, oh, we had already been messaged each other about Rihiti Coffee. And so we've connected since then. And she is really awesome. And we have a really awesome topic that we talk that we're going to be talking about today and we're basically going to be talking about how to pay off debt sustainably and enjoying the freaking journey. So we're going to be talking about money, which is one of my favorite things to talk about. But I'm going to turn it over to you Katie and just introduce yourself really quickly and tell people how you got started being um, a financial coach and really what is your heart when it comes to helping entrepreneurs or just helping people in general pay off debt sustainably. Awesome. Cool. Thank you so much. I, there's so many, I wanted to talk about the coffee. There's like so many things I could address there, but I will introduce myself. So yes, I'm Katie Almstrom. I live in beautiful New Hampshire, which is super hot. Or these next few days, we have this hundred degree, almost heat wave coming, which is crazy, but live here with my husband and two little kids. My background is actually high school teaching. I was a high school Latin teacher for almost 15 years. I was a coach, a competitive bodybuilder, a lot of interesting, fun things that I did pre-kids. And when my babies were pretty young, I really was ready to leave teaching and just spend a lot more time at home. I grew up with a very entrepreneurial parent, and I actually have a really exciting story of paying off debt. So that is the seed that planted becoming a financial coach and starting my business. So I did that a few years ago, about three and a half years ago now, and it has been really exciting ever since. I mostly work with women, single or married, and my goal is to help people get on a debt-free path that feels just joyful. I think that so many people struggle to start, or I should say struggle to commit to paying off debt because they're afraid the journey is going to be a worse set of circumstances than their current set of circumstances. And that's what I want to eliminate. I want your debt-free journey to feel better than your current set of circumstances. I want it to feel like something you can do sustainably, something you can pause if you need to, and that you know how to do that when the right time is to turn up the dial or turn it back 
And what are the other things in our lives that are actually the priority? So paying off your debt, I believe should never be the top priority. There's always something else. So when I work with couples, that's something that we do is determine what is the number one thing. And we're always going to make sure that makes its way into our plan for the month, AKA our budget, and that we know what actually takes precedence in our lives. Yes. I love all that. And you guys like full disclosure, Katie is the person that when my husband and I've even mentioned this on another episode that when we first got married, we were in so much debt because my husband and I had to pay for our wedding. I was not an entrepreneur at the time. I was a dental assistant making pennies, basically. I was probably on the same salary as like a teacher, really, truly. And my husband was working full time for the National Guard, which wasn't paying great either. It was not that great. And we had to pay for our wedding and I had student loan debt and we bought a house, like all of the things that everyone tells you you're supposed to do. And so we had so much credit card debt because we just went in so much debt and we bought a fixer upper. So as soon as we moved in, everything broke. So we had to put everything on credit cards. And so uh, Katie was the one person I messaged. Girl, we like just paid off. I think it was like a $20,000 credit card. I was like, we are so excited to make the other track to pay that thing off forever. And you are, she was the person, guys, that I like messaged and was really excited. And I just love her approach to, I want to say, um, making your debt fun. I know that sounds like really <laughs> like a juxtaposition, right? That sounds like really like an oxymoron, like that it's not fun. But I love your approach to it because before we even jumped on, I like, we went down the, the Dave Ramsey rabbit hole. And so I, I want you to share your experience with that, Katie, because a lot of people, when we think financial, we think debt, paying off debt, a lot of people immediately go to the, the Dave Ramsey method. And it has been very successful for some people, but the way that you approach it is very unique. And so I'd love for you to even just share about that because I know you've had ties with the the Dave Ramsey method. So I'd love to hear your journey with it. And then maybe how you started to make it your own, if that makes sense. Totally. I have to like jot some of this down because there's so much again there. I just wanted to address (laughs) that being fun. So we'll go back to that. Yeah. So when I was just telling Ashley, so I paid off about $40,000 in debt and it was a combination of medical credit cards and student. And I was in my mid twenties. I was single. I was working as a teacher, but I was able to, so I, I also would nanny. I was a personal trainer. Like I was able to do all these different things. And I actually took about a year and a half off from teaching. And that is when I really went through the meat of my journey. But that journey started when I had a real sort of hard ultimatum moment. I want to call it with my boyfriend at the time, who's now my husband of over 10 years. And I was literally in an EMS or North face, one of those places twirling around in a raincoat and it would have gone on the credit card. And he said mm-hmm. something to me like, like, what do you expect to change if you keep set, like spending money on things that you can't afford or something like that? Like mm. I, I've been stressing about money. I've been complaining about it. We had this conversation about food too. I think I complained about my clothes not fitting while eating an ice cream sundae. And like my health uh, doesn't mince words. Been there. <laughs> so we've all been there. And he totally, he doesn't, his face doesn't lie. He cannot mm-hmm. tell a lie. Like it's the wonderful and sometimes the not so wonderful thing about it. But so I, I had this moment of, oh my gosh, I can't stand your guts right now. And you're right. And so I went to the library. I took out Dave Ramsey's Total Money Makeover. 
And I, out of like vengeance and spite or whatever, I just, I went after it. And I really did, I really did want to make a change. I'd always been interested in personal finance, but I think I was listening to gurus who were like, make sure your credit score is perfect and make sure that you're getting like the best interest rate on your credit cards. And that wasn't the right information for me at that time, because I was like, okay, let's just be like this perfect consumer. And that was not good for me. So Mm. Dave Ramsey's that snowball was really easy for me to bite into, to sink my teeth into. And at the time I was able to add more babysitting jobs. I was able to really just work, work. I had very few expenses and I had a really supportive boyfriend who would take me out to dinner. And so I, I had this like really great support system and a lot of motivation. And so that was a really good thing for me to do. It was a really great system that works for me. And I think I really like the debt snowball method And I think a lot of people get really turned off just by listening to Dave because he's so black and white. There's there's not a whole lot of room for nuance on a show. He's got this platform and he has to be consistent or he has nothing. And it's so you have to be consistent with your message. And that is the consistent message that has worked for him. It worked for his family that he has seen work for thousands. And so that's wonderful. That is a framework. It is a system that works. If you work it, right? It works if you work it. Any of these methods work if you work it. But I have found time and again that it doesn't work for everybody. And so I like to bridge that gap, find that nuance. What are the gray areas where we can still make progress, but we actually feel like we know how to appreciate our money, how to be kind to ourselves on this journey. I think a lot of people really feel a lot of shame when that credit card bill comes in the mail. And just like Ashley was saying about the wedding and buying the house and everything falling apart. Every time they made a payment on that credit card, it was a reminder of, oh gosh, we had to use our credit card. You know, it just reminds you, yeah. of maybe it was stressful. Yeah. A lot of clients I work with, they use credit cards to get through a divorce or some other really hard time. And it's a reminder, mm. the medical bills, it's a reminder. So I am, I am fully aligned with this idea of removing that debt, not only for our mental health, but also our financial health. But I think it's important to remember he's got a platform and he's being consistent, but it doesn't work for everybody. And so I really like to, like I said, find the nuance in our stories and what's actually going to make debt freedom or the debt freedom journey possible for the unique individual I'm talking to. I love that. Can you go a little bit further on like nuances and maybe give totally. an example a little bit? Because I love that, that you are going, cause I am a detail oriented person. You know this about me. I will dig so deep into the details. So what does that look like? If you could give an example of maybe yeah. how you would work with someone to find those nuances. So just a couple of weeks ago, I was talking to two couples on the same day, they both make a good amount of money, but both sets of couples are very unhealthy. One has been through a lot of marriage counseling recently to keep their marriage together. And another, that one, the husband has a very high stress job that he kept saying in the conversation, I'm going to just, I have to stay in it to pay off this debt. And so what mm. I saw in these circumstances where a marriage is falling apart, health is really rocky and it's all in the name of paying off this debt. And now mm. the, the debt payoff would allow for more, you know, work flexibility. It would allow for more time for this family with the marriage on the rocks to do things together. But 
paying off the debt isn't the most important thing. It isn't the one thing right. that's going to, you know, solve these problems. So those are, that. yeah, those are a couple of cases where on paper, it looks like, yeah, you make a lot of money and you've got some debt, just knock it out. Is that classic? You've got enough to pay off the debt without necessarily beans and rice even, but it's still causing stress and anxiety because of the circumstances that they're currently in. And then another thing would be if a family is moving or if you're going through a divorce or if you're expecting another child, there's a lot of times when people feel like we have to hurry up and pay off this debt before the baby comes, or we have to hurry up and pay off this debt before we have to move. And I say have to move like a military family, someone who literally mm -hmm. wants to move, not wants to move. And so there really are these circumstances where we, let me back up a little bit. The key to paying off debt is learning how to live without new debt. And mm, um, I love that. If you're, if you're not able to get through the month without adding to the debt, what is the point of paying it off? And so when we are moving, when we're expecting a child, when we're going through a divorce, when we're going through these big life transitions, um, I think it's really important that we give ourselves some breathing room and really step into that transition without adding to the burden. And in even, even paying off some debt, but then adding a little bit, that still messes with our, like the stories that we tell ourselves about how we behave with money and what we're able to do. Instead of I'm able to pay off debt, it's every time I try to pay off debt, I just add new debt so I can't pay off debt. And so it's really important to me that we're always creating an opportunity to win and a month of not adding new debt, even if we just pay the minimums on things is a win because we yes. live the month debt-free. Oh, I love that. I love that. How you said that, because that just makes so much sense. And I wrote down earlier when you were talking, <laughs> I like told her before we go, I said, okay, I have a sheet of paper because a lot of the times when I find people are talking, I want to say something and I don't want to interrupt, but I wrote down, um, you kept talking a lot about circumstances and almost they feel like, okay, once I pay off debt, then we can work on the marriage or then we'll have more money to do things as a family. And the story that you said that you were in the store and you were like twirling with that new jacket and your husband just so, I, God, don't you love our husbands? Like I <laughs> my husband's here. My husband's at my office with me today and I'm thinking about him right now. He's going to, he's going across the hall because I want to call, but he's also that person who's very, do you, do you really need that type thing? So we have to love him, love him so much for being so blunt. But what came up for me when you said that, and when you were talking about these circumstances is a lot of the times we tend to buy things because we think those things will make us feel a certain, like at that moment, you probably got that, you like, or had that jacket on and you're like, man, this makes me feel really beautiful. Or this makes me feel really like powerful or like nice or whatever. Or sometimes like maybe you could be a little ego-based and be like, people will look at this and give me compliments on this. And it's funny. This is just a random story. I worked with a girl one time. So funny. I think I actually, I don't know if I've mentioned this on a podcast or not, but she basically was my husband and I love to travel. And so we would spend, if we had extra money, which is maybe you can talk into this, instead of throwing it to the debt, we know that our marriage is really important and we know that we have two small kids. And so we want to spend time together because if we don't spend time together, we are not going to be great parents. We're not going to be great partners. So we would do like a weekend getaway and not something expensive, nothing bougie. We would just 
have, sometimes we'd go camping, right? $10 for a campsite, but it would be fun. And I worked with this girl and she basically was like, gosh, you guys are always traveling. Like, how do you have all this money to travel? This was back when I was a dental assistant. And then she came in a couple of weeks later with a Louis Vuitton purse that she paid $1,200 for. And I'm like, you could have went on 15. That's two years. Not paid. And, and her marriage was really sucky. It's funny because it was this eye opener thing that I, and to add on to that, she was very like, she mentioned to me a couple of weeks later, she was like, man, I just got these new earrings and no one has complimented them yet. And that makes me feel bad. And I was like, so you, I get it. Like you buy all these things because you want other people to notice you and compliment you. And that makes you feel good. But you're almost like, again, you're buying these things so that you could feel a certain way. And so when I learned that, like a lot of the times too, we want people to do certain things because we think they'll make us feel a certain way, but like really no one else or nothing besides myself is in control of how I feel, like of my emotions. And so um, learning that I think really applies to what you're saying, because if I'm like, let's say I want to buy a new car that I can't afford, I'm thinking it's going to make me feel like flashy or make me feel important or good. I always ask myself, well, I know that my thoughts create my feelings. So what thought could I have that would create that same feeling? And can I just think that thought now? Can I choose to think that thought now? Can I choose to think I'm flashy, whether I have a nice car and get the same feeling of being important or being flashy. And it's so crazy because I do this all the time. Like when I want something new that I don't really need, I just say, do what, why, when I'm buying this, what, am, what feeling am I thinking it's going to give me? What feeling is it going to make me achieve, right? What is it? And then ask, okay, what thought am I going to have that would drive that? And then I just start to practice thinking that thought. <laughs> I know that sounds like really crazy, but it, it really works. And I also, this came from, my God, it came from a podcast. I don't remember who in the world said it, but they basically said, in three years, would you rather have the item you just bought or would you rather have the money? And I ask myself that every single time I make a purchase now, if it's like over $25, would I rather have the money in three years or would I rather have this thing that I'm going to buy? Or in three weeks. <laughs> and three weeks too. But like three years is just such a good, yeah. a good time yeah, yeah, yeah. because you're like, in three years, I probably wouldn't even be thinking about this thing. So why am I going to get it now? So I love that you said that because when you were talking about the example of like them saying, oh, once we pay off debt, then we'll have money to like fix our marriage and do things together. It's almost like they think paying off debt will make me happy. But they're doing it at the sacrifice of, like you said, the nuances, the sacrifice of really what they want. And so I love that that's what you incorporate. Thank you for explaining that. I love that that's what you incorporate because one last thing I'll add and then I'll turn it back over to you. I actually just read this on Instagram a couple of days ago. Someone had posted and they said, if you were 80 years old and someone gave you $50 million, wait a minute, it said something like, you could get $50 million today, but you would be 80 years old. Would you do it? And they're like, of course you wouldn't because time is more important than money. Like, what are you going to do at 80 years old with $50 yeah. million? You know what I mean? And so it was saying, don't sacrifice your time with what you, with your life, basically don't sacrifice your life for money. Because at the end of the day, when you're 80 years old, $50 million is not, it's just going to get passed on to somebody else. Do you know what I mean? Like it doesn't matter. 
And I love that when I read it because it really is something and it, it ties into that, like learning when you said learning how to live without acquiring new debt, that like made my body like tingly. Oh, I love that concept because a lot of people, if they didn't pay money or if they just paid a minimum that month, they'd feel a lot of shame. They'd feel like, oh, I'm never getting, I'm never going to pay off. I'm never going to pay off my debt. But I love how you twisted that and said, learn how to live without acquiring new debt. Like you go a month just paying the minimum, but you didn't add more to it. That's a win. So I love that you said, that's really great. Uh, question for you, because I've heard this before and I would love to hear your stance on it. I've heard before that you shouldn't throw all of your extra money. Let's say you don't have anything planned, vacation or whatever. You shouldn't throw all your extra money to debt, but you should have a rainy day fund or an emergency fund. What is your perspective? What is your perspective on that? So I'll, yeah, I'll answer that. And then I have a hundred answers for all that. I know, I know, I'm sorry. <laughs> so, yeah, and that's, and that truly is part of the, what are the circumstances that we're dealing with right now? Everyone should have an emergency fund and at a minimum, even if you're paying off debt, at a minimum, it should be a month of expenses. But I, mm -hmm. after 2020, and again, like I shifted yeah. a lot how I talk to people about this after 2020, like I'm a little bit more flexible with that. It really is like, it's not cookie cutter. It is case by case. Mm -hmm. So have something in savings because that is a big, like that's the key to being able then to go the month without debt. Cause if you don't, if something unexpected, mm. happens, you don't have enough to cover it in your, in your paycheck to paycheck cycle that you're in right now, of course you're going to use debt. What else are you going to do? So we have to create a buffer between us and life and then figure out, figure out how to operate in the month without new debt. Now we can start to pay off the debt. So there's a, a series of steps to prepare for like the big payoff mm. and what it is, it is different for everyone. Some people I work with, they make plenty of money and they spend plenty of money. I had a call with a couple the other day, they spend 50 bucks a week for someone to come pick up their dog poop. They're not going to cut it out of their plan. They have yeah. very little to pay off their hundred grand in debt right now, but they're keeping that in their plan. I, I say that to say like there, some people really have to learn to live without adding new debt. Some people really need to say what really is a priority here and are we really spending the way we want to if our goal is to pay off some debt. So it takes some work to figure out what's actually the next next budget. But yeah, so at least a beginner emergency fund, something so that you can operate without new debt. And then sinking funds, I think is what you're talking about. We're not going on vacation, but we might or anything down to needing car repairs, if you own your home, anything home repair related gifts, holidays. There's so many things. If you pay annual insurance premiums or storage or anything like that, it's so good to factor in all of that every single month and think of it as we need this much cushion every month because of these annual expenses mm. that come up. And it's so hard to do that. It Nobody is. wants to do that. It's so hard. Nobody to wants to do that. I'm no. going to make my husband listen to this episode because my husband's every single extra penny we have, he wants to throw it to more of the house payment or something. And I'm like, no, like we have to have money in a, in a savings. And especially with my business, because I am... I don't have consistent income in my business. Like uh, entrepreneurs rarely have consistent income. And so I can have a really huge month. And then the next month, I'm like, like a couple thousand dollars. <laughs> you know what I mean? And so for me, I, when I started my business, I said, I am going to keep at least three months of expenses because I have employees. Like I have team members I have to pay. 
And so I don't want to ever be in a place where I can't pay them. Yeah. So I have to separate thing. Yep. Yes. I put at least three months of business expenses, like at all times in a high interest savings account, like, and I don't touch it and I leave it there. But my husband is always, we could just look the, like that would be completely paid. Like our HVAC system would be completely paid off had we pay do that. I'm like, no, we're not touching it. It's going to stay there. And I also too, like, we could probably go down this rabbit hole. You, pro- I don't know if you talk about this or not, but we could go down that rabbit hole of investing. And so we do, my husband works for a very large company and they do stocks in the highest percentage that we can pay towards stocks in his um, company. Cause he gets 15% off stocks. And basically every six months he can cash in those stocks. And we, I think like within a six month period, we put about $6,000 in stocks that came from his checking account. We never saw it. Like we never saw the money. Like it came out of his, out of his uh, paycheck. And so we just acted like it wasn't there. We never saw it. And then after about six months, it doubled, like we could cash it in and it doubled. So we got about $6,000 back, which was amazing. And he was immediately like, let's throw it towards debt. And I'm like, let's put like $2,000 in the savings account. Okay. Let's <laughs> Calm down a little bit. You know right? what? Um, you know what though? Neither of you was like, "Awesome, let's get the new camper." You know? No, what I mean? like, no, 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 no. You, know what? you don't actually have a problem here, Ashley. Our problem, like where we spend the most money, is food. Like yeah. eating out. That's that is our thorn in our side, and it's so funny because it's hard. Like. I'm making excuses, but it's hard when we have, I have a, you know, a three-year-old, she's like four and a nine-month-old. And so by the time we get done with work and we pick them up, it's like our hands on deck. We got to get Clara, which is my youngest. We have to get her in the bath and then we have to feed her and then we put her to bed and then we have to do dinner with everyone else. And so a lot of times it's, we are exhausted. We do not, I don't want to cook. My husband doesn't want to cook. And so we will eat out. And I guess I just never really paid attention to how much money we were spending eating out until probably honestly a couple of months ago. And I was like, Oh my gosh, we paid more in food than we did our mortgage. Like it is bad because when we eat out, it's, it's not very cheap. It's not fast food because we never really eat fast food. I'm not a fast food fan. So we eat like mom and pop restaurants from where we're from. It's usually around like 40 plus a tip every time you eat out. So it's nuts. And also my office is downtown and there's so many, there's so many amazing restaurants down here, but you get one meal for one person and it's at least $15, right? Like I can look at a poke bowl, like rice with avocado and salmon and like a poke bowl. And it's like $12 and 50 cents for a poke bowl. You're like, but yeah, that's where we, that's where we're at. It's where the food is what we spend money on. We're pretty boring otherwise, but it's, it's the food that gets us, but it's yeah. funny. It feels like a lot of people who are actually like, they've got a pretty good mindset about money and spending and communication about money. Like they're like, we have this horrible, we're so horrible with this one thing. And usually <laughs> that thing is, so think about the trade-off though. So if you, if you, all the money that you're putting towards takeout, like what, how are you going to replace the takeout? What is that actually going to require of you? And okay. <laughs> Is it feasible? Is it something? And this is where I say couples have to talk about this. If you're both okay with the takeout situation, then let's not both make it so wrong. If one of you is, we have to stop this. And the other one, no, this is like how we survive. If you're both like, this is survival right now, 
then let's stop yeah. making it so wrong and just yeah, make sure that's true. Let's just make sure we're on the same page about it and just enjoy it and enjoy this crazy time with the babies because it is the hardest time I think regarding cooking <laughs> like having yes. to cook because you're right it's terrifying because you're in the kitchen trying to cook and then I got a four-year-old trying to be like what are you doing mommy I'm like get away right. from the hot stove right. <laughs> get away right. get out of the kitchen um oh no totally. yeah and I, I think- don't mind cooking but it's just time consuming and I know like I know that I could easily like prep I know that I could do it I know that I could but then I'm also pizza sounds really good or <laughs> yeah the yeah, mom and pop good, Italian place down the street sounds good. No, I know. And it's amazing. Kat, we could have a whole episode on like how to tackle this one particular <laughs> situation. I, I used to never buy frozen like chicken fingers or chicken tenders or any of that stuff. And because we would do the same thing. And I just said, okay, what are like two meals that will feel like takeout, feel super easy. And so we have incorporated that. And the nights when my husband, she would just get Indian. I'm like, I've got frozen chicken tenders. <laughs> you know? That is like, so funny. Let's save it. For all else fails, chicken nuggets. Yeah, yeah. If all so, else fails, eat the chicken nuggets. That's so funny. And we yeah. always have chicken nuggets for our, our three-year-old. So that could easily be like, yep, yeah, we're just going to eat chicken nuggets tonight for dinner. Yeah. Yeah, oh, that's so funny. We do scrambled eggs and toast. Is my like the, my kids have swimming lessons all week this week, so we're not even home till after five. And the thought oh. of like even firing up the grill is just too much. So yeah, um, yeah, that's how we are. We usually side right now either. (laughs) Yeah, but you're right. Don't make yourself wrong. But like that gave me permission. Don't make yourself wrong because it's crazy. And this is how you're living right now. And you're totally right. And I love that. I had another question for you. And I think I like like completely, I have like a billion. Keep going. Keep keep going with your answers. Because I forgot. So one of the things that you brought up was the raincoat and like the why Mm -hmm. around it. And I can tell you exactly why I was about 20. 24, 25 years old. And I was babysitting for this family and the mom had this like gorgeous, really like chic gray, long raincoat. And I just wanted to not be 25 anymore. Mm -hmm. Lived in this beautiful house, had these like adorable twins and all, all the stuff like perfect marriage, like seemingly just everything was wonderful. And I was like, if I buy that raincoat, like I'm going to be able to like embody that be that and so that is the raincoat that is exactly yeah. it was wanting to feel something it was wanting to portray us so nailed it that is exactly yeah. why that's how we do everything things. we do that with things we think if we have if we have entrepreneurial rabbit hole that I think people do is oh if I make a hundred thousand dollars then I'll feel successful yeah 10k months no you ain't going hit you are not you're gonna feel because the the level of thinking that you had at 5k months is going to only be amplified at 10k months. And guess what? You ain't going to feel successful. You're going to feel more like an imposter than you've ever felt because you haven't dealt with the crap in your head to get to that level. And no, so many people don't get that. Like they do not get that. And it's so important to know. And I think buying decisions, right? We literally want to feel something. That's it. And we have to understand that Our feelings are driven by our thoughts. Our thoughts will always come first. And first of all, your head has no idea what thought is true and what thought is not true. So you can believe whatever you want. And you said something earlier about making up stories in their heads and it's so true. So that's something I do a lot with my clients, which you know, especially within messaging is your marketing, your messaging is a reflection of your mindset. So what stories are you telling yourself right now that are preventing you from attracting 
the right people in your messaging. And a lot of the times it's these stories they've created because they literally want to feel a certain way. They want to feel safe. They want to feel secure. They want to feel certain, but they're never going to feel those way. All the, anything in their life is never going to make them feel that way except themselves. It's like a, a matrix, but it's. I think exactly what you said about and my, I've found that my best friends are also non-husband bashers. <laughs> like I, yes. I feel like can't be in a space with women who do it. And I've actually had to end some friendships over it because it's just, it's too much. It's horrible. But that same, <laughs> but that is how you said earlier, I make like debt fun. I, I think that's, it's this idea that instead of bashing our debt, bashing our previous decision-making. So many things I did when I was younger that I could bash so many things, but what, like, why, what's the point? Like I, you yeah. know, when I'm moving forward. So that's why I like to put so much emphasis on, can we operate this month debt-free? Beautiful. That's something to celebrate. And can mm -hmm. we get on the same page with our spouse and get excited about moving forward? Beautiful. So yeah, like the debt is still, it's still going to trigger us. It's still going to bring up those thoughts, those old stories. Like I'm bad with money because I use credit cards, blah, blah, blah. And, and not to say I don't, con I don't condone credit cards. It's not to say that you're bad with money because you use credit cards. I don't like, I don't want to go on the record saying that either, but those are stories that we tell ourselves. And so being able to change that narrative and say, I'm, I'm changing my financial future. I'm like creating these new habits. And I think it's so important to get some early wins because you really do start to shift that feeling about mm -hmm. money and what's so important. When I was really like truly paycheck to paycheck and every card was almost maxed out all the time, I would spend the weekend at the house. I would like shop. Like that's, mm -hmm. and it was this, I know um, Brooke Castillo, who runs the life coach school, she talks about buffering. So yes. when there's something going on, so that is like spending money is a huge form of buffering. And now that my circumstances are wildly different, I rarely shop. Rarely. I do not buy. If I find something, yeah. thing, am I going to want, I'm looking at this pink chair in my office that I bought for myself on my birthday at a consignment shop. I want this in three years. Heck yes. It's gorgeous. Mm -hmm. um, and, but maybe like, it was Brooke so, Castillo who said that. I don't know. Maybe it was her who said that. Would you rather have this in three years? Cause I love yeah. Castillo too. Her, yeah. her CTFAR method is. Totally. Kind of what we're talking about, but yeah, it might've been her who said it. I, it was a podcast. I don't remember who said it, but it could have been her. <laughs> but it really, I mean, it's, and I think that's something that's like, it's so eye opening is that as you are more secure with money and as you are more confident with your ability to plan your money, spend your money, do things, the less you want to spend. And the mm -hmm. more you, you spend out of, out of, desire, like in a good, like a good desire, we're able to plan something and get excited about something. And when I drive through Starbucks now, I enjoy the freaking latte every single time. There's never guilt. There's never shame. There's never, you know, how many times I literally got three venti lattes the other day. I will say by the third one, I was like, maybe I overdid it. <laughs> I, went, I bet you were up all night. <laughs> it was the whole weekend. I was pretty much solo with the kids. And I was just like, I don't care. And it's funny because we have a restaurant budget. We also have fun money. So the first two, I used our joint debit card for restaurants. And the third one, I was like, I better put this on my fun money. <laughs> this is fun money. That is so I don't so want funny. it. I you know. Want three to show I, up one day. <laughs> yeah. It's something too. Like um, I got an office in downtown because I was working from home and granted, I didn't not like working from home, but our internet was terrible. Like we live out in the middle of nowhere. Internet was awful. And I was trying to do podcast episode. It was terrible. And 
I also just felt I didn't really get much done working from home because I was home and I wanted to clean and I wanted to do laundry and I went to, and I just never could really focus. And then my husband was also home. So it was terrible. I sat for months about getting a co-working space, an office in a co-working space, because I did feel, it was like, I felt really excited when I thought about it. And then all of a sudden I went into, but you could do that, use that money for so many other things, Ashley. Like you use it. And I kept shaming myself for wanting it. And then I eventually was like, you're just get it. Stop. You, you, you quit being wishy-washy. Just get it. And I am, I'm so happy. I'm so happy. I, I come every single day and I'm like, I am so glad that I have this office. I'm so happy. And so I just love, love, love that you said, stop shaming, stop shaming yourself for wanting things and stop shaming yourself for the debt. And I think that is what, correct me if I'm wrong, where you really do differ from a lot of what I've seen with Dave Ramsey, because it is very much like, maybe not intentionally, but making you feel shame about a past decision. And I love that you said that too, because you said, don't shame yourself for a past decision. And that's something that I really had to learn how to do because who you were at that moment when you made that decision was not a bad person. And, and I think that was just a really big piece that that you said that I wanted to hone in on because a lot of the times we look at our past and we we either make it an identity, right? We're like, oh, I'm a horrible person because I did that in my past. We put on this identity or we shame ourselves. If I should have done something different, oh, I wish I could have done that then and all that. Or we become aware and change it. Like that's who I was at that time. Think almost, this is going to sound really crazy, but I've even a lot of times written letters to myself in the past of being like, thank you so much for doing all the actions that you did because you've taught me really great lessons. And I know that you were just doing your best at that point. And you had a lot of things that were going on and I don't shame you for it. Like it's a really, if anyone's listening, if you really want to do a really great exercise, legit write a letter to your old self. And you can't say anything negative. You can't say anything mean. You have to do all the positive and you have to be compassionate and sympathetic and empathetic. And it is, it's game changer. It just makes you feel a lot better. And so I love that you said that because I think, especially with money, that's a really good thing to do. Totally. To do something, with money. Actually, something I've been doing, I journaled a lot during the pandemic because my kids came home and I my business at the time was a lot of local corporate sort of financial wellness work and it, it burned down overnight, literally. I had to rebuild online and I go back and I read all those entries throughout the year and it's I, the, the amount of compassion I have for a year ago, Katie, just trying to find her way in this pandemic, like being yeah. all of a sudden, it really, it is an amazing exercise because it helps you build that trust that every single day I am growing uh, like in, in, a, in an extraordinary amount. So literally every day, mm -hmm. every week, the amount of growth we're able to use. Um, and when I think about past experiences and something I share with clients, something that my dad shared with me a while ago is that people are always doing the absolute best they can with the resources that they have. And with what I do with money and looking at people's situations with money, an amazing amount of people are not doing as well as everyone thinks they are. There's like the rich town near where I live and most of my clients have come from there. So it's just, it's, I, that's opened my eyes over the past few years, just the work that I've been doing, what is not what you get. And nope. we just, we have to realize that people, they are doing the best they can with the circumstance or with the resources they have, 
but we're also really still trying to keep up with other people. And it's sad, but true that we can't shake this. I think it's starting to shift and evolve a little bit, but it's different now. It's less like the big houses and more the Facebook experiences, again, like a whole nother podcast episode, but um, (laughs) we could go on. I I think, and truly there's a lot of takeaways I want to give listeners here, but I think one is just a lesson that I've learned working with my clients is that it is never, ever what you think. And I go deep with people very quickly and I get the whole story very quickly. And there's so many there's so many hidden layers that affect money and where we are right now and how we think. And so having patience with other people, having patience with yourself, we're all on this journey. And just like the 10K months or the 100K as an entrepreneur, that freedom doesn't all of a sudden, even being a millionaire, doesn't all of a sudden make everything easy. It just It's funny. I had... It was... I know this was Brooke Castillo. She... I think it might have been a podcast episode or something, but she was talking about if I gave you a million dollars today, how would you spend it? And, or what would you do with it? Not really how would you spend it? What would you do with it? And I asked my, my husband, we were talking about it and I was like, God, man, we would pay off all of our debt first. But after we pay for house, we finished paying our house, finished paying the cars, finished paying the rest of the student loans, right? Like we're still chipping away at the student loans, but there's still substantial amount there. Once we pay that off, I was like, we really would not have a ton less. Do you know what I mean? Like a ton left as in, yes, it would be a lot of money, but it would not be enough to be like, oh, we're going to go live on, move away and live in the forest. You know what I mean? It would not be enough. And it's funny that so many people think, oh, if I just win the lottery or if I like do something and I'm like, that's why so many people win the lottery and then they are broke in a year because they don't know how to manage. They don't know how to do anything. And the fact that you said it's never what it seems. And that's something that I love about you, Katie, because you are so honest about that. And as, as an entrepreneur, online entrepreneur coach, I love to also be very, and I will 100% admit that I used to be that person. I'm like literally admitting that I used to be that entrepreneur, that, that coach that would be make everything sound so hunky-dory, like that everything was perfect on the surface. It's not. And a lot of the times I'll have my clients and they'll have a really big month. Like they'll have a $15,000 month. And then the next two months is because they brought on clients that paid in full. And then the next two months, they don't have capacity to bring on the other clients. And then then they start freaking out because they're the feast or famine. And then they're like, I have to bring on clients. Like I have to go. And then they sacrifice their schedule and they sacrifice their time. And it's a ton of mindset work that we have to do where I'm like, look, you If any entrepreneur on the planet says, I make a consistent 10K month every single month, I don't believe them. Like, I do not. Truly, I don't. Unless they could for several months. Yeah, like maybe they have a program where people are paying a a payment each month for like six months. So maybe you're consistent for six months. But to say you consistently do it month after month after month, it's not true. And you're right. Nothing is ever what it seems. And That's something that I love to, I love to talk about with my clients is I do that expectation. I'm like, look guys, I know that we've all been there. We've all been that entrepreneur who thinks that we have to say, oh, I help you get consistent 10K months, or I help you bring in clients consistently, right? Like I know that everyone preaches that, but there is no consistency in entrepreneurship. There's not. Except for you. Like you can Except for you. Yes. Thing. Yeah. You're the only consistent. Yeah. You're the only consistent factor in entrepreneurship. And so I love to like really hone in on that and talk about that with you because I just I also think that's how it is with money. People 
and spending, oh Lord. And I think when people are like, oh, I'm going to get consistent 10K months, they'll spend ahead of time. They'll spend the money they don't have. And then when that client just accidentally, like their payment doesn't go through and then they ghost them and they don't hear from them anymore. You're like, oh my God, I've already spent that money. I have a, I actually have a client who recently left. She was with me like long, longer than most clients are. She recently left for that very reason. She's like, her income's been steadily going up, but it's dips and valleys. And she brought on way more expenses than she can handle. And even like my payment from last month just came through. It's so hard to resist. And that's, it's just, it is, it's so hard to resist. It's so hard being like allowing that cycle, like allowing yourself to just sit in the, the, how do you like the, the messy, like middleness of it. I don't know. Mm -hmm. Like you're not like, you're going to get there debt freedom. I talked about this. There's so many posts I just wrote that you reminded me of, but like this idea of like with debt freedom, like you have to have the faith that you're going to get there. I talked about like a, a road trip. You have to know you're going to get there. And if you believe you're going to get there and you know how you're going to get there, eventually GPS, you're eight hours away. You know how you're going to get there. Every bathroom break isn't going to send you into a tizzy. Like or right stoplight, but or when something, right? But yeah. when you have no idea, when you have no idea how to get to where you're going, every wrong turn, every bathroom break just piles on the anxiety. And so having that, like you can take the journey slowly if that's what's right for you and build that faith. And, but you have to keep the faith too. And like you were saying about the lottery winners, I just posted the other day that said, if you woke up in your perfect body, and this is nothing about what the perfect body is, but if you woke up in your perfect body and with all the money in the bank, would you still have it a month from now or like three months from now? Could you maintain the habits needed to get to the perfect body? I think the body one is hard. I'm like, I don't know. It would be like, all right, I'm going to eat everything on the planet right now that I can afford. And you're right. Like you would sacrifice your health. Yeah. Do you know that? Do you have the habits and the skills habits. to stay in that, in that physique or that whatever? Do you have the habits and the skills to save the money? And so it's just a really interesting, like we have to go on the journey. I think is the point there. You have to oh, go yeah. on the journey. You have to go through it because it's, you know, who you're created on the journey that's going to allow you to really stay in the experience. And there's never an end at the goal, but you also really want to, one of my coaches I absolutely love, she says, how you experience the journey is how you'll experience the result. So that's, mm -hmm. you know, when you think about the beans and rice, total like lack mindset, scarcity, debt-free journey. We don't want to end yes. up debt free with that lack and that scarcity and that, oh my gosh, am I allowed in a restaurant now? No. <laughs> yeah, I love that. Really I always like to say on that note, the way you do one thing is the way you do all things. Yeah, yep, totally. And so I love that too, because that was something that like was really eye-opening to me because I started paying attention to the way that I was doing things. And I was like, and I always ask my clients this question because they'll say, Oh, I just feel so burnt out with money. And I was like, where else is that showing up in your life? Where else do you feel burnt out? Because if it's showing up in one area, it's showing up in all areas because the way you do one thing is the way you do all things, right? And so if you feel a lack in your business with your finances, you're going to feel a lack in your marriage. You're going to feel a lack in your relationships. You're going to feel a lack in your health. You're going to feel a lack everywhere. 
right? Because it's all going to trickle into so many things. Rarely have I found someone whose like personal life is booming and then their business stinks. Usually it's pretty consistent across. <laughs> it's pretty consistent across the board. And so I love that because you're right. I guess the steps you take, like you said, the steps you take in the journey are the way what your coach said, the way that you experience the journey, experience the journey is how you're going to experience the result. I love it. Such a good point. And it does, it all boils down to the mindset and doing it from a place that's fun. And that's what we were talking about, like how to get, how to pay off that sustainably. I also love, love the word sustainably. I love that, but enjoying the freaking journey, right? Like I even love you guys. She like wrote that as the topic in application enjoying the freaking journey like it wasn't just enjoying the journey it was the freaking journey which I love but yeah there's just so much Katie that we can unpack here I'm gonna have you come on for another episode and I, I'd like to say this with everyone because I just love um, the conversations that we have on this and and just the different perspectives that my guests bring it's the, and, and you being one the different perspectives that you bring in the area that you speak on but we are getting like <laughs> We're getting kind of long. I'm gonna I'm gonna end it here, wrap it up here. Is there anything like last words you would like to tell anyone who's listening around the debt journey and, and, and paying off this journey that you want to leave them with? I think the one thing that I do say to clients and something I mentioned earlier, something just that's important to always keep in mind is that paying off debt should never ever be the top priority. And Love so it. if you are feeling right now, if that's the story you're telling yourself that I have to pay off my debt, like that is against all odds or despite anything else that needs to happen, please come up with a word, come up with one thing that's actually more important and just make sure that you're working that in every single month, because that's, what's going to make it joyful and sustainable is when you're actually living your life and making what's actually most important, the most important thing. I could not agree with that more. And I love that. Love that so, so much. Katie, can you tell people how they can connect with you, how they can find you, how they can work with you? I'll also write it in the show notes for, for everyone as well to refer back to. Totally. Yeah. So I am in my Facebook group, which is the Simplified Budget. And I, right now, I don't know how soon we'll be airing this, but I'm doing a live workshop. It's actually going to be in Zoom, but a live workshop starting your own sustainable debt-free journey. It's on August 24th at 8 p.m. And that is going to be an opportunity to be with me live. And there might even be some hot seat coaching at the end. I am yeah in my Facebook every single week and a lot of great resources there. So would love to see you there. Yay. Awesome. Thank you so much, Katie. I appreciate you so much for coming on, sharing your wisdom and your time. And uh, we will catch you next time on the No Fart Around Show. Friend, thank you so much for listening to this episode of the No Fartner Round Show. I hope you had as much fun as I did, and I would love, love for you to join us on the next podcast recording. You can go to www.ashamefernandez.com slash podcast to see our interview schedule and the link to join us live and get your questions answered, get some personalized feedback and one-on-one hot seat coaching from not only me, but the amazing guests that I bring on the show. So I hope to catch you in the next episode and until then, I will smell you later.